The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing your nation's public radio source for tips, techniques, strategies, advice, and news to help you get on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. And today we have a very hot topic, which is how to sell turnkey rentals. I know you all have heard about this and heard about the effect that it's having in the market and on prices and so on. And so today we have an expert in studio who is going to talk about how you can do that. A couple of quick announcements first. The Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati meets tomorrow evening. That's Thursday night. The uh, topic is uh, how my business changed in 2012 and what I expect to happen in 2013. It is a panel of very experienced real estate experts, folks who have uh, been in the business for more than 10 years, lived through the crash in uh, with uh, more or less uh, intact, and uh, that are uh, going to share with you what they project as the easiest, hottest strategies in the upcoming months and years. That meeting is, of course, open to the public. You can get more information at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. While you're there, check out this weekend's all-day seminar co-sponsored by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati about IRA investing. That's your IRA or somebody else's. Maybe you've got a friend or family, well, a family member, they'll, they'll talk about that. But maybe you have someone who uh, would like to partner in your real estate deals and has some money in their IRA to do that. That will also be discussed. Again, that's CincinnatiRIA.com. Cincinnati R E I A dot com. My guest today is Missy McCall Hammonds of turnkeyinvestments.biz. I hope I just quoted that right. And uh, I did not. The company is called what again? <laughs> Retire with real estate dot biz. Retire with real estate dot biz. That's it. And, uh, Missy has been a real estate investor here in the greater Cincinnati area for upwards of 15 years now, um, starting out as someone who landlorded and also rehabbed and retailed to homeowners. Like many folks, her business changed drastically right around, oh, 2007, 2008, the same time everybody else's business changed drastically. And these days, she is in the business of selling turnkey rentals to passive investors. She's here today to talk about that process, what you would need to do to do the same thing, the 
skill sets you'll need and the possible profits that you can get out of that. If you have any questions for Missy, you can call us here in the studio at 877-772-9658 or you can go to our website askvina.com there you'll find an ask vina a question button which you can push enter your question and it will come to us here in the studio via email uh welcome back to real life real estate missy it's been a while uh yeah if folks if folks were to go back and listen to the podcasts of the show over the last 15 years they would find you on here talking about things that would sort of track the progress of your real estate career, you know, how to be a great landlord and then how to how to systematize your business and now how to sell turnkey rentals. Um, turnkey rental is a, is a term I think most people, if they're hanging around the real estate business, have heard, but I'm not sure everybody really understands what it is. So let, let's start with just the question, what what do we mean when we say sell turnkey rentals? Well, everybody has a different definition, which is one of the things that make it very entertaining. A turnkey rental is one that you buy that's already rehabbed, typically already rented, and someone else is managing it for you. So it's what an investor that wants real estate to act like the stock market or a bond does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... The question then, and we will we will we will get into what kinds of properties are we talking about, what kind of rehab are we talking about, what kind of management are we talking about, who these buyers are, and so on. But my question for you is, why do you do them? Why why do you why do you buy properties, fix them up, sell them to people, and then manage them for people? Well, as you mentioned, I started my career as a rehabber. That when I couldn't sell a property, I became a landlord. And then I liked being a landlord, so I collected a bunch of properties that I managed for myself. And as all of us experienced, I saw the market crashing around 2006, 2007, and decided I'm going to have to do something else because I have all these great rehab people, and I want to keep them working. What am I going to do? So I started looking for other ways to sell houses other than retail um, people that were buying houses to live in themselves. And I felt very successful about being a landlord, and I thought it was a good benefit for me, and that other people should have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I started buying and fixing up houses and selling them to investors and found that it was a great way to continue to sell houses, make a profit on the sale, and then rent them out and manage them for the customer and make a profit on that. So it was a win-win-win-win-win. <laughs> and I don't want to... I don't want to skip saying that this has been a five-year process for you to to figure out what this market was, figure out what people wanted, um, figure out more systems for doing what needed to be done, and uh, ultimately getting it right. I mean, this wasn't like you woke up one morning and said, oh, I'm going to do turnkey rentals. Okay, let me go do that. It, it, It has been a process that we are trying to shortcut for people today uh, just by passing on your advice and uh, last year you sold quite a few of these I think I probably sold more than 50 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it is as big a business now for you as selling to homeowners was back in the back in the day if you will absolutely and and I enjoyed a lot more because investors care about what color the money is that goes into their bank account that green versus what color the carpet is what color the walls are you know all of the things that homeowners are concerned about investors care about how profitable their their 
investment is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which in some ways I'm sure is much easier for you to get a grip on business-wise, because if you're just figuring out what the end return is versus do I put in the hip Berber carpet, but or do I put in the blue carpet, and if I make a mistake, someone's going to want me to replace the carpet. Uh, I'm, I'm sure in some ways that, that is, uh, that's actually easy to deal with. Now, just to just to whet folks' appetite for why they should uh, stay tuned in, even if they've never thought about selling a turnkey rental, uh, what is what is sort of the average profit that you'll make on one of these properties if, you know, assuming you bought it right, everything goes right, the expenses uh, are, are what you think they're going to be and so on? Our goal is to make $15,000 per property. We make more on some and less on others because, as we know, we don't have Superman x-ray eyes when we buy the properties and there's always something hit in every rehab. But our goal is to make 15000 a property. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So really about, uh, to give to give folks who might not be in the greater Cincinnati area some sense of scale, that's about what people make buying, fixing, and selling properties to homeowners in, yes. in our area. We don't live in an area where... Um, a starter home is $325,000. We live in an area where a starter home is $120,000. Now, we, we, you, you hinted at the customer here is really looking for something very different than the first-time home buyer whose intention is move into the house and live there for the next 10 to 15 years. For someone who might be going out tomorrow to go look for the first turnkey rental they're going to fix up and sell... What kind of thing are these customers looking for? Well, they're looking for a specific property type, something that has a good, what we call cash on cash return. And your cash invested, plus the money that you receive as an income over the year, is how you calculate that cash on cash return. You know, we don't really look at, um, they're looking for a house that one, on the entry, they're going to make money, and then on the exit, they're also going to make money. And the specific property type are single-family homes. Um, if you listen to all the gurus, it's three bedrooms, two baths, two-car garage. But I found my customers will vary from that um, either into lower two-bedroom, one-bath homes or even the four bedrooms, two-and-a-half baths, nicer home, which in our marketplace is about $169,000. hmm Now, let's talk about neighborhood types because... When 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 someone who is full time in the real estate world, someone who belongs to a RIA group, someone who listens to real life real estate every week, thinks about a good rental property, a high cash flowing rental property, they're thinking about a particular kind of of neighborhood, a lower end neighborhood that you can buy properties really really cheap and the rents are are relatively high. Is is that what's happening with your passive investors, or are they strictly looking at what is the return? I don't. I don't. I don't care how much the house costs. I don't. I don't care how much the rent is, except in as it affects what my cash on cash return is. I think that's pretty true. I mean, each one of them have a different mindset, and we have what we call ABC properties. Our A properties are you know 120 to 169, typically four bedrooms, two and a half baths. Our B properties are 80,000 to that 120 mark, and they're kind of your your bread and butter properties. And then we have our our CD properties, which are not always in the best neighborhoods, but as you said, those are the ones that typically cash flow the most. But each of them seem to have a preconceived notion of what they want. But the bottom line is, once they decide what category they want to, or what combination of categories they want to be in, they're looking at their cash on cash return. 
Mm-hmm. So, so really, there's kind of a variety of, yes. of, of properties that people will buy, a kind of uh, variety of neighborhoods in which they will buy them, because the bottom line, and this is what people have to keep in mind, is that these passive investors aren't driven <laughs> by the same thing that you or I would be driven by, which is, oh, is it within a 20-minute a, a drive of my house? Because it's probably 2,000 miles from their house. A lot of these, a lot of these customers are buying things that are not even in the same state exactly where they live the same way that when you buy stock from disney you typically don't live in orlando Um, they're buying them some as a similar investment so many of them are out of the area out of state and some even out of the country Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very good we need to take a quick break uh you're listening to real life real estate investing we're talking today about how you can acquire renovate, sell, and manage turnkey rentals for a profit. Um, My guest today is Missy McCall-Hammonds, and uh, you can give us a call with any questions at 877-772-9658 or send an email by going to askvina.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Missy McCall-Hammonds from retirewithrealestate.biz. We're talking about how to sell turnkey rentals to the zillions. Okay, it's not zillions, but it is definitely in the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of passive investors out there who don't think like you and I think. They are not people who are at all interested in going out and negotiating a really cheap price on a property and then overseeing contractors and then managing tenants and dealing with vacancies. That is not their mindset at all. And yet a lot of them want to take advantage of the returns of real estate. They're moving to real estate as a hedge against inflation that they see as something that is inevitable. Uh, They are taking advantage of very, very low fixed rate loans that are available right now for people with good credit, but they want you to do everything else for them. It's a huge market, folks, and if you have the skills to take advantage of it, it's something you really ought to think about. Now, Missy, one other warning we need to we need to give because we have listeners all over the United States is it is very important that they be in the right market to do this, the right physical geographical market because I, you know, all of the all of the turnkey rental companies I see are either in the Midwest or South. I don't see any in Phoenix. I don't see any in, you know, L.A., San Francisco, because you the the rents versus the prices at which you can acquire a property have to make sense, and they just don't do it in every part of the country. Absolutely, and that's one of the great things about Ohio. I mean, the average sales price of our homes is about one hundred and ten thousand dollars, and that same house will rent for a thousand dollars a month or more. Your house payment's about five or six hundred dollars, so you have an actual cash flow. If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, for example, that same house would probably cost four hundred and fifty thousand, and would rent for maybe fifteen or sixteen hundred dollars a month. So it wouldn't cash flow. So you have to be in an area that will cash flow based on your investment that in the loan that you have. The second thing that's really important is looking at the demographics. Um, 
Google Earth and Zillow and all of those tools are our passive investors use very actively. So they're looking for specific marketplaces that have growing population, for example, because a growing population means your real estate's going to be in a stronger demand. Um, areas with lower unemployment than the rest of the nation. You know, the nation's at 7.9, I think. Ohio's at 6.8. Butler County's at 6.3. So we want you, they want to invest in areas where there's good jobs because customers or tenants with jobs pay their rent. Um, so they're looking at a variety of different demographics in an area. So you're looking at the ability to cash flow in the demographics that help a good, strong rental market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, different mindset. This is, it's so hard to get through to people when I when I tell them about the turnkey business. They they say, well, but I mean, basically, you're selling these houses for full value. What kind of quote investor is going to buy a house for full value? They buy stocks for full value after they've evaluated the dividends and the. Do they think it's undervalued? And is it a good, strong, growing company? And and what you're telling me is that the customers for these turnkey rentals are looking at sort of the th- same things as they apply to real estate. It's not that they're making a stupid decision. They're making a decision on different criteria because they have a different set of goals than the typical, quote, active investor who wants to be full time and get up to their elbows in drywall mud. Exactly. I mean, they're looking for an, a long term investment. You know, the if the property's rented and it's cash flowing very well, well, first of all, they're getting that cash on cash return. The tenant's paying their mortgage every month, so it's paying off their investment. And I encourage the investors to take their cash flow if they don't need it and pay off their mortgage sooner because, you know, a paid off house really is where the cash flow is all, is, is all about. I mean, that's those are the ones that really cash flow well. But they really do look at a different standard. And you need to look at those standards and understand them if you're going to sell to that customer. Because mm-hmm. many, many times I think, uh, well, I remember when you went through this process of of trying to decide what the customer wanted versus what you personally would want in, in a property. And, and sometimes they're not the same thing. And sometimes it's counterintuitive when we are very locked into this whole, oh, I have to buy it's no more than 70 cents on the dollar, including repair costs and so on. And again, that's because we are in the business of buying and renovating and managing and whatever properties. They are not in that business. They are in the business of writing a check and getting checks back. Exactly. <laughs> they, are, they are true passive investors. So that brings us around to a little more information on these customers are they typically people who are just writing a check for the whole purchase price of the property? Are they are they qualified to get financing? How 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 are they buying from you? How are they writing the check? Well, they're buying in a number of different ways. Um, they're some of them write a check, but that gives you your lowest return on investment. And as we all know, real estate's a great way to leverage your investment. And many of them qualify for the Fannie Mae Freddie Mac financing, which allows them to get up to 10 loans per investor, or at least at at my bank they do, and at incredible rates of less than 4%. So they can really leverage themselves. And then the second way they purchase homes, or I guess the third way they purchase is by using their IRA. They're buying homes inside of their IRA and even leveraging them inside of the IRA. So it's really exciting way to invest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To be clear, 
you and every other person I know who sells turnkey rentals is getting full retail price for these properties. Yes. You're, you're not selling them at 60 or 70 cents on the dollar like you would need to if you were wholesaling the deal to an active investor. Absolutely not. We're getting full retail, and we tell our customers that. You know, you're, this is our price. We don't negotiate because we're expecting a specific return on our investment. And um, if they want a discount, they can go to someone that doesn't do a great job rehabbing or is a poor property manager. <laughs> or they can go find their own deal and fix it up themselves. Absolutely. And, and it themselves. Um, <laughs> So the, the the one caveat there, though, of course, is you can't blow people's heads off on the price because a lot of them are going to the bank and getting financing, which means there's going to be an appraisal, which means the house has to appraise for the price that you're Absolutely. Asking. Yeah, you have to do your homework and make sure your comps are lined up um, because they're going to do their homework and they're not going to pay more than what they think the value is. And of course, the bank isn't going to loan one penny more than they believe the value is. So you have to be accurate in your appraisal system. Mm-hmm. So the other thing, uh, the, the other thing, there's a lot of things. <laughs> we were talking about this before the show, and I was like, oh, this could be three shows. These, these folks want everything done they want everything lined up they don't they don't want to hire contractors to do rehab they don't want to uh, manage the properties themselves in fact most of them cannot manage the properties themselves because they are physically too distant from the properties to do so that means that your job as a turnkey rental seller is number one find the deal that makes sense for you based on your numbers so you're you're paying obviously a significantly lower price but then it's number two it's to rehab it what does that mean exactly when you're selling to a turnkey rental buyer instead of a retail buyer? It's very different than selling to a retail buyer. First of all, my customers expect the house to be perfect when they buy it, and they do home inspections to confirm that it's perfect. And they look at primarily your major components, your roofs, windows, furnaces, um, plumbing, and electric. And those components need to be able to sustain 15 years, and that's what we, we teach them. Um, next, they're looking at what we call rehab to re-rent. And we all know that, you know, tenants don't take care of everything. One of the things that they're hardest on is carpet, which is a petroleum product, which means every day it goes up in costs. So we look at eliminating the cost of carpet by installing uh, either hardwood, refinishing hardwood, or installing laminate. In the kitchens, we don't have vinyl. We always have ceramic tile. Same way within the bathroom because, again, that's going to last longer. And what you're trying to do is limit their costs as they move through this investment because when you when you work with a turnkey investor, it's not like a retail sale where you kiss them goodbye at the closing table. These people are your customers for years to come. So you can't just do a poor job on the rehab put a little pain on it and expect to be successful in this long term because you really have to do the right kind of rehab. And that is that is that is so important both both from the rehab aspect and the management aspect which we will discuss next. Um the other way in which these folks are different than retail buyers is that they don't generally just want to buy one house. No, they typically want multiple investments. Many times they start out with one but within three years, they, they try to hit their limit of 10 properties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
which means that if you as a turnkey seller want to maximize your sales while minimizing your marketing costs, you are going to try and sell them all 10 of the properties they are going to buy, which means if you try to cheap out the rehab, if you try to, ah, well, this furnace is 30 years old, but it still works, so we'll just leave it here, uh, that you're not going to be able to continually resell to these same customers because they will have constant maintenance issues. They will become upset with you because you are the one who did or did not do the maintenance. And um, unfortunately, there's a lot of providers in the turnkey rental market that that what they really do is the cheapest rehab they possibly can because you know, I made fifteen thousand dollars selling the house. What you know? What what what, what do I care? Right? Um, the longevity of your business, I think, depends a lot on are you doing a good job with these rehabs. And most of those investors that do a poor job only last a year in the business, maybe two, because you know you can cheat your way through the first year with the rehab that you did, but it's really year two, year three, and on from there, where the customer is going to see that you didn't do the job that you should have. And, you know, the web is viral. They can, they certainly, when they're unhappy, spread the word very quickly through all the different uh, social medias and medias that they have available to them. Mm -hmm. And the many, many websites that exist for the purpose of bringing together people who want to be turnkey buyers. I I know they, they, they... they talk you can you can you can google the names of certain turnkey rental sellers and see just complain after complaint after complaint after complaint and as you say they don't tend to last too long because they're always going after the next customer because the last one won't buy a second property from them absolutely you're listening to real life real estate investing I'm talking today to missy mccall hammonds of retire with real estate.biz about how you can get into the business of selling turnkey rentals you can give us a call with any questions you have at 877-772-9658, or you can go to askvina.com, enter your question into the Ask Vina a Question form. Make sure you tell us where you're writing from, and we will get to that before the end of the show. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest is Missy McCall-Hammonds from retirewithrealestate.biz. We're talking about selling turnkey rentals to passive investors who will pay full price as long as you can get them the kinds of returns that they want on their money. And we're talking about what what you are going to have to know and do to work with these people uh, because it is it is for many people, many real estate investors, a big shift away from buying and managing your own rentals or rehabbing properties for resale to homeowners, although both of these skill sets are going to become crucial. Because <laughs> uh, management, that is the thing that happens after the sale. So we, we you, you, you find a good deal, you rehab it to the, to the sort of um, criteria you were talking about. You sell it to someone who pays cash, buys it out of their IRA, or gets a bank loan on it. And now something else happens in a typical turnkey rental. Then there's the management. And I have a saying at many of the events that I go to, everyone can sell you a good deal in America on a property because, you know, our properties are discounted from where they've been in the last five years. But what 
where Warren Buffett said on February 29th, if I had good property management, comma, no one heard that, <laughs> I would buy thousands of single family homes. And it, it is the property management that makes your long term investment. And I think that's what's really key. If you're not the property manager, then you've got to find a property manager that's going to just be the best in the business and make sure that they're going to meet the customer's needs. Because a property that's vacant doesn't have a good return. A property that has lots and lots of maintenance problems isn't going to have a good return. So the bottom line is you have to be a great rehabber, do the job right, and then you have to have great property management. Mm-hmm. And you're you're a strong believer that that property manager management should come from the same company as the folks who sold. Uh, so in other words, you do the property management in your case for the properties you have already sold. Um, there are property managers in the world who will, for a fee, uh, manage any single family home that you that you hand them. Uh, in the area, but I can tell you from my experience talking to people who have bought turnkey rentals and have not been happy with it, about 100% of the time, the thing they have not been happy with is the property management. They they say, uh, you know, supposedly this thing was completely fixed up and I looked at my uh, expenses for 2012 and I spent $13,000 in repairs on a property that was supposedly fixed up. Well, the property might have been fixed up. The property manager might have been not being 100% honest about the repairs or have very high costs to send people out to do repairs or, 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 or. So your point that if if you're selling turnkey rentals and you are not going to do the management, you need to have the manager under control. Absolutely. <laughs> control is the answer, which is why I, I keep everything in-house because I want to control everything because I want to make sure, you know, they've made an investment with me. Again, my goal is for them to make multiple investments with me and I want them to have the ability I want them to have that good return on investment that I've published and given them. Mm -hmm. Do you make money from the property management aspect? Well of course this is America we can make money doing everything we make money when we sell them the property and we make money when we manage the property as long as we do it right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again for, for folks who might be going well wait a minute that's not right. Of course, that's not any real life real estate listener. The real life real estate listeners are taking notes and going, "This is great! I've got two sources of income here." Um, they they have to keep in mind that that these buyers are not going to manage the properties themselves under any circumstances. It's just not going to happen. So one way or another, they're going to pay somebody, and they can either pay a stranger that you, as the seller, don't know, who may or may not be doing a good job, or they can pay you or your captured property manager who you know is doing a good job. Which I think is always the best plan. Mm-hmm. One of the other interesting things about these passive investors is that they they truly do, in their minds, sort of relate owning a piece of rental property to owning a stock or a bond or something else where I just put my money in and then I get a check in my mailbox from time to time. They don't always understand what you do. They don't always understand what the challenges, <laughs> let me use that word, of property management are. In in your now vast experience with these folks, what makes them happy in the property management realm? I mean, they're not, they're not looking over your shoulder every day. They're not in your office. They're not getting the calls from the tenants complaining about stuff. They're not seeing all of that. 
but at the end, they're happy or unhappy. What is it that makes them happy or unhappy? Happy customers have occupied properties because we all know as landlords, if you miss a month of occupancy, then you're never going to get that money back. It's not like the next guy's going to pay for your vacant days. So the happy customer is one that has an occupied property. The second thing that makes them happy is reduced or no maintenance costs because, you know, every guru has a different number that they plug into the sheet of what does your maintenance cost and what is your vacancy rate. But those are variables that, you know, I frankly don't teach them. I ask them to create those numbers themselves because I have two houses on a street in, in Butler County and one is mine and one is my brother's. Well, my brother's has been vacant twice this year. Uh, he's not very happy with his sister and mine has been occupied for the last seven years. So, you know, if you only w own one property and it's vacant, you have a hundred percent vacancy. So how do you calculate that into your return? Um, that's really the customer's choices. But truly, what makes them happy is occupied properties with reduced maintenance. Mm -hmm. So so what I hear you telling me is that when you, obviously, there's some projections that go out to the customer prior to them buying the property. They're not just, they're not going to figure out for themselves what it'll rent for, figure out for themselves what the taxes will be, the insurance will be, et cetera. So there are some, there are some numbers that you are sending out. Uh, as part of like a sales package to say, you know, you're in California, this house is in Butler County, but here's a picture, here's the income and expenses. You're, you're, I think you're saying you're only projecting the ones that can be proven, like go to the Butler County Auditor site, you can see what the taxes are, that, that sort of thing. Exactly. We show them, we know what our rents are going to be because we rent a lot of properties in our area. So we're pretty accurate with our rental projections and you'll need to be very accurate with yours because $25 a month truly will change your return on investment. Um, we, we tell them about taxes, we tell them about insurance, and we calculate what their house payment will be based on today's interest rates. Of course, that may change too, and we let them know that. But things like maintenance that's, you know, variable or uh, occupancy, which again can be variable, we don't quote. We allow them to establish that themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy, we have a bunch of questions piling up here from askvina.com. So we will we will start, because some of them are actually things that we were going to cover a little bit later in the program. Uh, first question comes from Michael in Dayton. He says, I recently met an investor from Orlando who does the same thing, buy, rent out, sell, and manage. He says that they look for condos and that they also primarily buy in bulk from the banks and once they have renovated and rented them, they also sell them in bulk to international buyers who are looking for 9 to 10% cap rates. Any thoughts on this? Well, um, Orlando is a marketplace where you probably could do condos, but in Butler County, you know, the those aren't a good plan. Um, I don't see that many bulk packages going out, and I certainly don't see bulk buyers. The international investors that I'm seeing are just like you and I, just in another country that where they have more cash available because the real estate market didn't crash. Um, but you know, they may be out there. I'm just not familiar with them. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that's going to be a very market by market thing. I was just in Orlando coincidentally, and uh, my goodness. Half the people at CFRI down there, the Central Florida Realty Investors, came up to me and said, we can't buy foreclosures down here anymore because there's these bulk buyers who are coming in go. and bidding them <laughs> up. And that, 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 is, that is very true in some 
areas. I know uh, uh, Phoenix is like that. San Diego's like that right now at, because, I mean, Orlando is a destination location. A buyer from Russia who's taking advantage of the good, uh, you know, exchange rates, they know Orlando. <laughs> you know, they know the Disney World, right? They don't know Butler County, Ohio. So I think you 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 have to, before you would make a plan to to do things this way, you would have to know what the bulk activity was in your market. In your market, and in some markets there's a lot of it. In some markets there's a little of it. If there's not a lot of it, that doesn't mean there's no buyers. I mean, of the of the 50 properties Missy sold last year, you probably sold them 20 separate buyers, right? It's, it's not 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 somebody coming in and saying, "I want 110 properties by next week." It's <laughs> it's somebody saying, "I can do two now, and then when I make my IRA contribution at the beginning of the year, I can do one more." And there there's still plenty of them. Yes, there are. Okay, uh, and thank you very much for your question, Michael. Um, We've had to do another show on hedge funds. There's just so much concern out there about the effect that the hedge funds are having on the market. Then I got three questions in the row, a row that are very closely related. One from John in Anderson, South Carolina. One from Carrie in Indianapolis. And one from Mark in Chatham, New Jersey. And they are all about the same thing. What is the most effective way to find the buyers? Well, um, I, I've... I've, uh, I've struggled with that question at different points in this process. I think your your first place to look is inside your family because certainly many of them are qualified for the Fannie Mae's and Fre- Freddie Mac's and would love to take advantage of their retirement accounts, not losing money every year by their stock choices. And then you go out to your circle of influence. And then next, go to your RIA meetings because the RIA, many of the people that go to a RIA club know real estate's a great investment. They think they want to do it, but wow, once they go to the first couple of meetings, they realize they really need an education and they don't have time to do that. They want to invest. So your RIA group is another. And then finally, I use realtors because many times um, they're the ones that will bring you deals. And there, there are groups that bring you deals, but for the most part, you know, your family, your so- circle of influence, your RIA group, and then lo- local and not local realtors, and then finally Craigslist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I may have created some confusion here by, I, I, I am now recalling that I said repeatedly, a lot of these buyers are out of state or they're in mm-hmm. California, they're 2,000 miles away. The reality of it is there is someone listeners in your circle of influence, someone at the place where you work, someone someone who's an uncle or a cousin who is sitting on enough money for a down payment on a house, they have a good credit score, they have cash reserves, and they have no desire to do what you do. <laughs> they have no desire to go out and learn all about rehab and all of this sort of thing. And they would love one of these deals, but but the thing is, they don't know they would love one. And I know that, that, Missy, a big part of your dealing with buyers is not so much getting them at the top of the funnel, which you do through Craigslist and Realtors and so on. It's educating them. It's getting them interested and then educating them about why they want to do this. Absolutely. However, a lot of the investors right now know that real estate is good because they've heard, you know, interest rates are so low. They've heard pricing is so far down. They know that today is the time to buy. It's how can they buy? 
They know they don't want to get the phone calls in the middle of the night because the toilet's leaking. They know they don't know how to pick tenants. They know they don't have the skills to pick the right neighborhood or the right house. So they're really depending on you for that. And that's what you do because, you know, you're a real estate investor anyhow. So that's how you can help them step through the process. Mm -hmm. It sounds almost like for for folks who are listening and want to do what you do, they they have to be prepared not just to have the right property and have the skills to, to do the renovation and the management, but also to set expectations amongst the people who are who are buying from them to um, let them know how to get through the process. I, I, how, I, I, something as simple as where do I find a mortgage broker who can get me a sub 4% Fannie Mae loan and do it quickly, I, I would assume for a lot of these people is just something they don't know. Exactly. And those are the things that you prepare and the systems that you have within your business. I mean, you need to show them how to get that loan, help them get on the internet to hire a home inspector, make sure they do that because that's what's going to give them more confidence in you. And it's going to help you with your rehab. It's going to help you do a little bit better job. Mm-hmm. It also sounds like a, like a lot of transparency is, is, is necessary in your business. What I, I and I, I hate to ever take an entire class of real estate investors and paint them with one brush but folks, if you were getting the calls I was getting from out-of-state investors who bought a turnkey rental four or five years ago and have been miserable with it ever since then and are now literally wanting to sell for a loss because they are so sick of it, and it was because they didn't understand what they were getting into and the person who sold it to them did not have high standards, let's say, for for selling it. I, I mean, I have never talked to one of these people that said, the person who sold me this house encouraged me to get a home inspection. Wow. I encourage all, I mean, that should be a standard that you set, that you you strongly encourage them. Because again, you know, it, it makes you a better rehabber because it's another set of eyes. It helps you prepare the property properly and limit what they're going to have for expenses in the future. Because it's your customers that you've dealt with that have had the poor experience is because they've had costs over costs over costs because the property wasn't prepared properly. Mm-hmm. And I would be inclined to think uh, that that would also limit your liability in the future because you and I both know that you can rehab it. You can gut a property back to the walls, replace every single solitary thing. And because of a manufacturing defect in the furnace, it can go bad two years later. Absolutely. Through through nobody's nobody's fault except the furnace manufacturer. Uh, If they got a... an independent third-party opinion from somebody that they paid who said, yeah, it's all good, they're much less likely to come back to you and say, I'm suing you because you told me this furnace was new and clearly it wasn't because clearly it was. There was a... They've got a report in their file. (laughs) Sure. I mean, you're limiting your liability, absolutely, by doing those sort of things. Because we live in the type of world where if you don't produce what you say you've produced, um, you're liable, Mm -hmm. bottom line. A mm-hmm. uh, question here from Tom. These passive investors who are buying these properties, their finances may change and they may need to sell in the future. What can be done to prevent the passive investor from losing a lot of money when they've paid full price for a property to start with? Well, in one, why would you, 
if you've only invested 20% or 25% to put it down, you're really not going to make that you're not going to make money, and so you're not going to need to sell it. I mean, why would you need to sell something that you've put ten thousand dollars in? Um, so that's the first lesson we teach them. You know, you're you're not going to sell these houses for you know. You, this is a ten year commitment as a minimum, and in ten years you can pay it off if you do it properly. Um, the other thing we do is you know we have relationships with the same realtors that we buy all these homes through, to list the properties at a very discounted rate, and then they always have to pay the three percent buyers you know, the, to the realtor that be, brings them the buyer. So they, why would they sell? And, and I have that conversation with, with a lot of people, you know, it's a hundred thousand dollar house. You put $20,000 down, you're going to pay $6,000 in real estate commission. What are you going to get for $15,000? Not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and again, uh, Tom setting expectations, as she just said, Tell your investor this is a 10-year commitment, and if they can't afford to leave their ten or $20,000, or even if they're paying cash, their sixty dollars or $100,000 in for 10 years, if they see a point within the next 10 years where they will need that money back, this is probably not the investment for them. They need to go buy a CD or something, you know. Uh, question from John in Anderson, South Carolina. What typical return on investor uh, investment do your typical investors normally expect? Our investors like somewhere between 15 and 25% cash on cash. Remember, that's the amount of cash you've invested versus what you're going to get back this year. Um, So that's the number that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And again, John, if you if you go on the internet and, and just, you know, Google turnkey rentals and look at look at what is being offered in the way of return, you have to look very closely at what is going into the, particularly the income uh, part of that, because some turnkey rental sellers project a vacancy rate, some project a 5%, some project 10%, some project an 8%, some project a maintenance and reserve factor. Sometimes it's 10%, sometimes it's 20%. Um, Comparing apples to apples, I think is, is often a challenge for these buyers, which again is a reason for you to be transparent and say this is why we have done things the way we have. So uh, we are out of time. Um, Appreciate your sharing your expertise with us, Missy. Uh, My guest today again has been Missy McCall Hammonds from retirewithrealestate.biz. Don't forget the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati meeting tomorrow night. More information about that at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Mm-hmm.